and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business and Twitch of the Death Nerve. I feel like we're just a love letter back and forth to Horror Business because they <laughs> said that they loved us this week and we love them back. So if you much. want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, which is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. You can be found at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffee coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Founder Aaron Dahlbeck spent years on the road and touring bands often questing for that great cup of coffee between shows. That experience informs Essex as they strive to make high quality coffee accessible to people across the country. Many coffees are stored for months or more after roasting, offering a stale cup. Essex Coffee Roasters roast each order as they come in to ensure your quality at home. They believe you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you go to the website and enter the promo code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Another great sponsor that you can support is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. They're personable, professional, and the only place where you can get a punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them at xlvacx.com. So this week's getting to know you question is just like literally one that was inspired by just random things uh, about my house while I was folding laundry. And uh, my my question to you, Julie, is do you wear horror gear like pins, shirts, patches, etc.? And if so, what's your favorite? And if not, why? I do. In fact, my uh, t-shirt drawer has gone from being dominated by free shirts I had gotten from working shows, rock and roll shows, to being dominated by shirts that I paid for for horror movies that I love. <laughs> um, so my favorites, I'll get any, I will buy anything that has my choirs, typically um, Midsummer. I just mm. always like the artwork from something from Midsummer. Um my very favorite pin that I have is actually a Michael Mike Myers mashup. So it's Michael Myers wearing a Wayne's World hat. And I feel like when people see that pin, if they get it, I know that they are my people. <laughs> uh, how about you? Yeah, like I don't own a lot, but the ones that I do own tend to make their way regularly into my clothes rotation. Um, there is a period of time during... Uh, like the whole lockdown thing that um, Paul Bearer Press down in Texas was doing like weekly, like $10 shirts. Nice. Uh, and so I bought a bunch of those. Um, uh, my, I think my favorite one they've done is they did a um, Return of the Blind Dead, like the second Tombs of the Blind Dead movie shirt that I just, it's so weird and looks like an EC comic from like the 50s. And it's, it's just like one of my favorite things. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of like, Tank tops I got from Cavity Colors. Um, I will buy any. I like Return of the Living Dead is kind of my jam. Uh, I nice. definitely have a glow in the dark long sleeve Return of the Living Dead shirt. Nice. Um, 
but again, yeah, Midsummer. Um, I got a long sleeve uh, from Graveyard Goods that has like these amazing like screen prints down the sleeve of like the flowers. Oh, cool! And it's just got her face on the front and on the back. It just says "Let the festivities begin." Yes. <laughs> uh, there's this one artist that I like. He's out of Las Vegas. I on Instagram. He's Jad is rad. I think, um, and the he does a lot of unlicensed stuff to be sure, but it's a often a lot of mashups or things that are like, you know, it's like I have a t-shirt that I turned into a back patch that's Michael Myers, but his face is like a sun a kind of 80s, 90s style sunset. And then the components of his face are made up of palm trees and stuff like that. It looks really so he does a lot of cool stuff like that. And his shirts are that print on demand style. Not everybody likes because the screen, you know, screen print lasts longer. But I kind of like that print on demand because it wears like an 80s iron on <laughs> and you get that crinkly kind of crackly. Know. Yeah, I kind of like that. And, and he has sales a lot. So I get a lot of his stuff when he has a good sale. I, I, I mean, I would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Rough Cut um, yeah. run by Liam and Justin Hauntlove. Um I love what they do. Um, it's not horror specifically, but they they started a series and they've only done one in it, but they were going to do like band shirts for bands that only exist in like movies and stuff like that. Oh, that's so fun. The first one and thus far the only one they've done was uh, for Ellen Aim and the Attackers from Streets nice. of Fire. Um, and it's a great shirt. And I love And like the people who know what it is, again, it's like a secret handshake. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for anything that's like uh, like a lot of what like Last Exit to Nowhere does where it's like they have mm-hmm. like uh, lots of like it's a, a restaurant or a business from like a movie like you know like where you yeah. get like, a Wayland Utani or you know Nakatomi Plaza you know that sort of thing. I would absolutely buy an Ivan and the Terribles t-shirt if anybody made one from <laughs> Motel Hell. <laughs> there we go. Um, manifesting that and just putting it out into the world yeah um yeah oh uh yeah also uh i'm a big fan of what atomic cotton does just because it's yeah. so um my favorite absolutely favorite thing is that 80s style michael uh not mike jason Voorhees. the tgif the tgif it's brilliant and it's mm-hmm. simple and so many people have ripped it off Oh, that um, sucks. Every time I wear it, compliments everywhere from the grocery store to anywhere else I go, which is just the grocery store mostly these days. But I always <laughs> get compliments on that shirt. <laughs> yeah, check out Atomic Cotton, people. Like uh, that TJF shirt is, um, man, it's a, it's a, it is a stone classic. Yes, all the cool kids have one. Awesome. Well, if you have any uh, companies that you feel like should. Um, get a shout out or anything like that uh shoot us an email at um carnage report pod at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials um where we are report carnage and uh yeah let us know some places we should be spending money and buying things that um my my wife frequently wonders why i'm wearing in public (laughs) i'm frequently on my work calls wearing my uh, t-shirt from Jad is rad that is critters but that he had but they have a care bear tummy <laughs> critters it's a crate with a care bear tummy <laughs> i haven't been fired yet yay <laughs>
so now it is time for new nightmares uh which is a roundup of trailers new to streaming coming soon to theaters etc so on and so forth uh it's a little light on news this episode but i think the things we have are pretty interesting yeah so i think that we only have one brand new movie trailer there just aren't a lot of trailers this past couple of weeks but this one looks like a really good one uh this is for gone in the night which stars winona Ryder. obviously we stand winona we're both gen x we're both into it uh so the synopsis on this one is very short uh it when kath and her boyfriend arrive at a remote cabin in the redwoods they find a mysterious younger couple already there her boyfriend disappears with the young woman and Kath becomes obsessed with finding an explanation. This is one of those cases where I, I can't tell if the trailer shows way too much and has told me the whole story or if the trailer is completely throwing me off and it's something wildly different. So I'm hoping, obviously, that it's the latter. Either way, I'm excited to see this one. It looks really good. Yeah, I got gonna, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I got big nope vibes from that trailer where I'm just yeah. like, I feel like they're making you think you have an idea of what's going on. But in reality, not a chance. Yeah. And it's just listed as a thriller. Like when you look it up, it's just a thriller. But and I think that's probably just to get more people to see it because, you know, some people are not into horror, but it looks horror. There's some scenes in the trailer that I'm like, oh, that looks so spooky. Like this guy just straight up disappears. And then there's these, you know, she at first she's just like, well, fuck him anyway. You know, he ran off with this girl. And then I think it starts to eat away at her. And so she goes looking and it gets real, real weird, real weird. And uh, it'll be in theaters July 15th. So that's coming right up. And and if your theaters aren't your thing, looks like we get it digital August 2nd. Yeah. I mean, also uh, Dermot Mulroney looking yes. kind of creepy. Yeah. Which I'm he's, down. Get, he's doing a bit of horror these days. He was in, uh, wasn't he in the blazing, uh, the blazing world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was really good in that. So I'm into him switching into horror. I same, same. Uh, somebody who is like very much um, a horror mainstay at this point. Um, thanks to the back-to-back -back, uh, releases of The Only Good Indians in My Heart is a Chainsaw is Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, we've talked about his upcoming book, Don't Fear the Reaper, which is the sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw, but that's gotten pushed back a couple of times and now won't be out until February 7th. <laughs> wow. But for those of you wanting to get your Stephen Graham Jones fix, um, on August 9th, he has a new short story that is exclusively available as an audiobook from Simon and Schuster and is called The Babysitter Lives. Um, this is a very long synopsis. Um, yeah. But um, when high school senior Charlotte agrees to babysit the Wilbanks twins, she plans to put the six year olds to bed early and spend a quiet night studying the SATs are tomorrow and checking the Native American Alaska Native box on all the forms doesn't mean Jack if you choke on test day. But tomorrow is also Halloween and the twins are eager to show off their costumes. Ron is a nurse in an old fashioned white skirt uniform and Desi has an authentic squaw costume complete with buckskin and feathered headdress. Excitement is in the 
air. Uh, Charlotte's last babysitting gig almost ended a tragedy when her young charge sweep locked unnoticed into the middle of the street only to be found unharmed by Charlotte's mother. Charlotte vows to be extra careful this time, but the house is filled with mysterious noises and secrets that only the twins understand. Echoes of horror that Charlotte gradually realizes took place in the house 11 years ago. Soon Charlotte has to admit that every babysitter's worst nightmare has come true. They're not alone in the house. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. It sounds good. I, I'm guessing I'd have to say Charlotte's first mistake was agreeing to babysit twins. Yeah. Uh, that's twins are just, creepy. Yeah. Uh, and it is read by Isabella Starr LeBlanc, um, uh, who is evidently um, an up and coming audiobook narrator um, who is from Minnesota. Um, and uh she did the narration for uh, The Firekeeper's Daughter, um, which is Angeline Bully's uh, book that came out last year that I know a lot of people really liked. So um, good work for her. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm not usually a um, audiobook person, but that sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like a good one. All right, next up. Pardon me while I wade through something that I know nothing about, and that's video <laughs> games. Same. So I had a feeling that Nick also was a video game connoisseur, because uh, I just never see you post about it or anything. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game, I know people have been excited about, even though I don't know anything about it. And there has been some new footage released, which I watched, and it does look pretty cool, pretty grisly pretty much like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre situation. I think if I did play video games, I would be into this. Uh, I don't have any specific reason for not being a gamer. It's just not my thing at all. Uh, let me see, since there might be a little... I mean, I guess the synopsis is it's probably the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's <laughs> obviously what it looked like. So if you're familiar with with that then you are going to be familiar the game is not launching until 2023 and that i don't see a specific date on that but you can go ahead and i guess start preparing for it if you have a playstation 4 or 5 xbox one or xbox series xs or a pc system with steam um it it looks like they took extra care to make sure that the gameplay was going to be as good on xbox as it is on and on, and on playstation as it is on pc so that's cool because I know some people are uh, very particular about their gaming systems. Obviously, very. they're expensive and hard to get. And so you probably only have one kind anyway. I mean, it looks cool. Like, I mean, I've watched a lot of like gameplay footage from the Friday the 13th games, the, mm -hmm. the, the game that came out and like the people they've got. It seems like anymore, like if they do horror games, they get a lot of people who are involved in the films to be part of it. Yeah. And like, um, like I know that Friday the 13th game, like Harry Manfredini, like composed like new score for it, which was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I have like terrible hand-eye coordination. So like I'm not, <laughs> I, video games are, they're no fun for me. Yeah, I, I have not regularly played video games since the original NES system. I never saved the princess. I never got that far. It's just, it, you know, they're, they can be fun here and there. I've played a couple of the Lego games just because mm -hmm. we had them. And it's fun to walk around just kicking piles of Legos as a, a little guy. But that's about it. 
but I hope some people get into this and that I get to see some game footage here and there because it does look really cool and game technology just amazes me that they can make it look that real and it and you can still make the choices in it I think that's yeah it's not just a like animated movie like you get to decide how it all goes along which is yeah pretty cool Scream Factory uh, is going to release limited edition Blu-rays of some classic 60s horror. Um, the She-Creature and the one that I am most excited about, The Flesh Eaters. Um, I uh, I am a huge fan of this movie uh, since coming across uh, the Dark Sky DVD like in a... Uh, clearance bin at half price books years back um it came out in 1964 it's like one of those movies like the director like only made this movie it's like her carvey with carnival of souls or harold p warren with monos like jack curtis's only movie is the flesh eaters uh and it is uh it's crazy it's very it's like it feels very 60s but it's in black and white um, and it's it's not quite as gruesome as like Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, but still be, because I mean, you know, you don't have like red tempera paint thrown everywhere, but yeah. like it gets pretty gory and nasty and it's fun and creepy and weird. And there are definitely like weird science experiments going on. And uh, I'm very, very happy that it's finally getting Blu-ray. Like the the Dark Sky DVD looks great and has like a bunch of great extras, but this is like the first time it's had like a 2K scan. And I guess there's an alternate cut that's going to be on it that's got audio commentary with um, Ol- Fred Olin Ray. Um, so like I'm very excited and we'll probably be dropping it because uh, there's only you 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 can only get it from shoutfactory.com and it's limited to 1500 copies and I have a feeling it will probably disappear because this doesn't have a lot of like crazy fans but uh, I think the folks who love it are like me very um, rabid. It looks really cool. I hadn't heard of it before, but the the synopsis sounds really interesting. It's got some science going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So this is not something we do every time. But since we were on a light news cycle, we thought maybe we'd highlight the new stuff coming to Shudder in July, which is also, I think, a little light as far as brand new things. Um, But there's some good stuff coming. I feel like for some reason, I find a way to bring up Guar every episode. (laughs) So here's my reason this time. There's a Guar documentary called this is guar that's coming on july 21st uh that should be really interesting they're kind of a really fascinating band really even if you don't get into the music their whole story is really fascinating i think i watched this documentary last year as one i think Nightstream had it oh cool uh, and it's really it's really good yeah um, and it's got like a lot of cool people in it you know it's ethan Embry, alex winter you know probably all giving you their vibes on guar it should be really cool there's also uh looks like some kind of interesting foreign stuff coming yeah Uh, yeah good madam let me see it's a south african director i'm not sure if that means it was made in south africa uh jenna canto jenna kato bass uh it is a 
I, mean, I can't say this first name city, maybe the city, mm-hmm. a single mother is forced to move in with her estranged mother, Mavis, a live in domestic worker caring obsessively for her catatonic white madam as city tries to heal her family. However, a sinister specter begins to stir. So it sounds like a ghost story, perhaps looks pretty cool. <laughs> uh, there's another one from the Netherlands called Moloch, a 38 year old Beatrix lives at the edge of a peat bog in the north of the Netherlands. And when she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night, Beatrix sets out to find an explanation. The more she digs, the more she becomes convinced that she is being hunted by something ancient. Directed by Nico uh, Vandenbrink. And you had me at peat bog because yep. those things are fascinating and filled with secrets. Um, so that's kind of the new stuff. Looks like they also are dropping an Alien Encounters collection, which has a lot of what you would expect if you like Alien movies. A John Carpenter collection. And then there's a bunch of stuff uh, just kind of coming to the library that I think will be really cool. Um, let me see if I want to pick some of those out that look particularly interesting. Return of the Living Dead, obviously. Uh-huh. One bedroom, which I think was originally a Netflix exclusive. Yeah, I definitely had seen that floating around yet and haven't gotten a chance to watch it. It's good. Put that on my list. Um, yeah, it's like it has like a super collection of just like people you have seen in other things as like uh, it is a very great collection of character actors. Cool. I definitely want to point out Bloody Hell. Uh, which is such a weird and cool movie. I reviewed it, I think, a couple years ago. It it starts as a heist movie, then it turns into like a kidnapping, torture-y kind of movie, but not so torture-y that it goes in. It's not quite hostile territory, but yeah, I think it's a really cool one. I am quoted on the DVD. That's uh, right, I, you I are. Quote, I, I was so quote on that. I think you had like two quotes on it, didn't you? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I've never actually seen a physical copy of it. So, oh. um, but it's so much fun. It's, yeah. but I would I would put it as like one of my most like underrated mm-hmm. movies, like or like underseen, definitely. Where it's just like, oh, do you want something that's like legit terrifying at times, but also like at points just like hilarious yeah yeah surprisingly funny yeah so yeah if i mean get up on shutter watch some stuff yeah very very excited about all that um and if you want some more stuff to watch um miskatonic institute of horror studies um has done this a couple of times but they they uh starting July 1st, we'll post selected lectures for free on their Vimeo channel, um, which is, they'll be available from July 1st to August 31st. um, And you'll be able to um, rent this stuff uh, if you like missed it and stuff like that. They've done some things for free, but these are uh, $9, but they are captioned and includes uh, the q a section so um great for those of us who have ruined our hearing um (laughs) it's six selections two from two each from miskatonic la london and nyc um with such things as the mask in horror cinema ritual power and transformation uh hyper 
postmodern or just plain camp, a revisionist history of the contemporary teen slasher film and uh, the American nightmare home ownership and the haunted house <laughs> uh, are just uh, a few of the selections. Um, I did for a couple of seasons, uh, like subscriptions to um, like Miskatonic NYC um, and watched a lot of really great lectures and like ended up with like lists as long as my arm of like movies and books <laughs> to track down um and uh if, if you can throw them the money i highly recommend doing it it looks really cool i'm interested in creepy dolls from precious playthings to harbingers of death yes all right the next thing is 1986 Ozploitation movie Fair Game is going to return to theaters July 8th and it hits on demand from July uh, on demand on July 12th and it is from Dark Star Pictures. So this is an older movie but it's cool that it's getting a re-release. Uh the synopsis <clears throat> Oh, and it's directed by Emmy winner Mario Andreas Chico. Andrea Ch Nick, do you know how to say that? Last I have name? no idea. <laughs> It looks very Italian, but it, he's probably Australian. The synopsis is a young woman running a wildlife sanctuary in the Australian outback is in for trouble when she's confronted by three kangaroo hunters. Bored with killing kangaroos, they decide to kill the animals in the sanctuary. And when they see how attractive the owner is, they decide to have a little fun with her too. Turns out they might get a bit more fun than they bargained for. Uh, the trailer for this one's really cool. It's got, it's, kind of a little bit Mad Maxy, just a little touch Mad Max mm. and, you know, a, a heavy hand of bad bitch who's not going to take this shit, which it, I like. It looks a lot of fun. I've never, I'd never heard of it. And also like, I feel like 86 is kind of late for exploitation, but uh, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely try to track that down when it comes out. Um we do have some we've we've been holding on to this news for a, a minute uh just because but now we've got so much scream six news where we're just going to go into scream six corner here for a minute for our last bit of news mm -hmm. um it was announced that um nev campbell uh will not be back as sydney prescott um but um we've got four new actors um uh, Jack Champion, who is in Avatar The Way of Water, Liana Liberato from The Beach House. Um, big fan of her work. Mm -hmm. um, she was superb in that movie. Um, Devin uh, Nakoda from uh, Ghostwriter and Josh Sagara from Arrow, um, which is currently shooting. Um, also returning from uh, Scream. 2022 or Scream 5 uh, are Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Safford-Brown, Mason Gooding, and Jenna Ortega, along with Courtney Cox and, and Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. That's a good so one. like that is, I feel like that is the, oh, that's like the best that she comes back. Yeah. That's really exciting. Uh, uh, also, Dermot Mulroney will be there. He is again. <laughs> there he is again. I love him so much. Um, okay, this is a I would come back if they wanted me uh, situation, which you may have heard about from Emma Roberts, who was Jill, who was uh, yes, who debuted as Jill Roberts in Scream Four, and spoiler ahead, ended up being one of the Ghostface killers. 
being pretty unhinged. Uh, so, you know, this is just her saying in an interview that she would be willing to come back. But you know how it goes. You say these things out loud. The wheels start turning. It'd be pretty cool. It would be. She is super dead, though. Like, yeah. I don't quite know. But, like, there, there's there's like kind of dead. And then there's like she's very dead at the end of that movie. Yeah. It might be kind of silly to try to write around that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, the, the thing is. Um, Maybe she had a twin sister. Uh, possibly that'd be fun. <laughs> um, what I'm kind of excited about is, um, it's not taking place in Woodsboro. Um, it is taking place in New York City. Um, New although, York City. Uh, Scream Two uh, took place at Windsor College in Ohio. Um, Scream Three took place in LA. Um, and uh this takes place in new york uh and it is going it is being filmed in canada which means you know it's gonna be like a new york that looks a little weird um but a softer new york (laughs) a softer new york but yeah um very very uh, excited uh radio silence are back as directors um i'm i mean as much as i enjoyed scream five uh i think uh, Ghostface takes Manhattan uh, is going to be flipping great. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait. Now, behold, he's here. He's here. Father, father is here. The king, my lady. The king. Your fate is set, and you cannot escape it. One day, this kingdom will be yours. Thank you, Father. My king. Father! Remember, for whom you shed your last teardrop. I can feel now. Right. 
now it's time for our feature presentation. And today we're going to talk about The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers. From visionary director Robert Eggers comes The Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. Such a short but sweet synopsis. Yeah, actually, and you know what? It really does a pretty good job of summing up what this movie is. Yeah, Um, it's it's that simple plot-wise. Yeah, it's it's a very basic revenge plot, but Mm -hmm. like... I feel like the way they uh, approach the material is what really makes it work. Like it's, there are some neat little twists and tricks going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although I feel like we should probably let folks know, like right from the start, like um, the trailer makes it seem like much more of a horror movie than it probably is. Um, I would definitely put this more in like the dark fantasy slash action like camp than an actual like horror movie there are spooky elements but i think anyone expecting like the witch to right is going to be a little disappointed yeah <laughs> my thought that- was oh there's gore so people put this in horror but yeah it's really more just a brutal period action situation um but i mean like it obviously has like um I, I the the plot is very simple but like it's got like this amazing cast that mm-hmm. i think what is what really elevates this movie from just being like another kind of movie in the vein of fire and ice or um Conan the Barbarian or something is just like I mean right. it's Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. uh, it has Willem Dafoe Nicole it, Kidman Kidman um a Sarsgaard um yeah on uh Alexander Sarsgaard <laughs> yes that's the one Anya Taylor-Joy Bjork Bjork <laughs> um yeah. yeah no um uh I feel like I, I, at least for me, like part of the appeal is that it is Robert Eggers once again working with Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know um, <clears throat> what, what, like, I mean, the trailer makes it look really cool, but I mean, I was just like, oh, he's working with her again. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see where that collaboration goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she- um, go ahead. Oh, she's given like a like just uh, once again for those expecting the witch 2.0. Like she's definitely given like a less substantive role here. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really it's an important role, but like it's very secondary to Sarsgaard's um, Prince um, and Nicole Kidman gets way meatier like storyline and dialogue. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely kind of a, a one-man show with the side characters jumping in and out which is not a bad thing it is central on his journey so that makes sense i mean for me personally i could have used a bit more relationship development in a lot of it uh because i just i just didn't feel that invested in the characters i was like okay like we're just here to watch people ride on horses and chop at people with swords that's kind of the feel i had of the movie and i was like this is fine it's I'm not 
that moved by it honestly it probably looked really great on the big screen and that's maybe part of my problem is that i watched it at home but i was like yeah it's a viking movie yep yeah and i mean it is like well over it's like two hours 15 minutes or something like that and um it is gorgeous um Mm -hmm. like absolutely like they make a lot of like these scenes that are lit only by like fire or torchlight look just like it is it is a movie that you don't want to look away from just because like you did like everything looks amazing like there's some really cool like day for night shots that look very um amazing like the costuming's really great like every mm-hmm. also like everybody in this movie despite like really be, you know existing uh when is this supposed to be like 895 you know something like 80 or something like that um like everybody is gorgeous and yeah. ripped yeah and i'm just I, like in my notes i wrote viking crossfit <laughs> <laughs> um Although, what was it? Somebody referred to this on Twitter as like the third film in Robert Eggers' movies, I Don't Want to Smell trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> Very apt description. Um, and also evidently not sh- shot in um, like Ireland, but I mean, it was shot in Ireland, not uh, like Scandinavia. Oh, well, they did a good job of convincing me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have right. guessed that. Um, was, was there anything that like really stood out to you as special about this film? I mean, I loved Nicole Kidman. I don't think we get enough of Nicole Kidman being an absolute badass like she can be. I think. Obviously, everyone knows she's a great actress. I just don't I don't think she always gets these great roles where she just she's just the boss, you know, and and in a way that you don't even see coming at the Mm -hmm. beginning. She doesn't see she seems like a victim. And then as it as it turns, she becomes something much more, which I think is really awesome. And and obviously, I think all of the set design and the settings and all of that are phenomenal that's kind of my favorite part of it is just to look at the stuff and to look at what the people are doing in the background watch them you know try to interpret living that viking (laughs) life some of my notes are you know like i don't think nicole kidman actually knows how to tablet weave which is probably true and something super (laughs) nitpicky that i did not need to note but i did it anyway (laughs) so yeah i mean that's probably my favorite part is the nicole kidman of it all I feel like she hasn't had a role really this sort of meaty and nuanced since like to die for um, mm-hmm. like at least in film. I know like she's done yeah. some great stuff on TV, but I feel like in movies, like she's just hasn't really got a chance to get to be this um, multifaceted, let's say yeah. without uh, yeah. <laughs> fear of uh, spoiling some fun parts of the film. Right. Um, I was also like really uh like the, the the score was really awesome. Um yeah. because it's just like it's not what you expect from like Viking movies where it's just like all drums and like lutes and strings. Like they're it gets really creepy and weird, and even when it's trying to be pretty, it's kind of disconcerting and mm-hmm. um 
I feel like it it does I think a lot of the heavy lifting regarding the like relationship and plot development that you were talking about yeah because like we barely get to meet like our prince and the king and everything and see them interact for a little bit before like everything is set in motion right yeah agreed which you know also leads to just not enough ethan hawk yeah ever (laughs) get ghost ethan hawk i know he could have come in and there, there was definitely i mean the prince was visiting a lot of like seers a lot of people who were telling him where to go in the future i feel like we could have worked in some ghosts yeah we could have like olga could have like done it we could have like seen a flashback courtesy of bjork's uh mysterious character like mm-hmm. a little bit more ethan hawk because he seemed like he was having a lot of fun yeah um yes. yeah and i feel like um ethan hawk is kind of like going going back to like what we were discussing er- earlier with like don't dermot mulroney like i feel like ethan hawk is kind of having his horror moment right now as well he's in everything it feels like um, and I, I like I like seeing these people like getting a like a late like a you know a career renaissance at a time where you're not usually expected to like see somebody like oh they're in a bunch of stuff and it's good it's not yeah. just like it's not like they're in a bunch of stuff but they're in quality things and stuff that they look like they're having fun in like this is a heavy movie but I bet it was really fun to be in a lot of the time and horror always seems like the more fun kind of type of movie to be in to me than trying to you know do like serious drama or even rom-coms don't seem as fun to be in as horror yeah i mean like you get to get like get down on all fours you get to like pretend to be like a berserker wolfman um yeah like that looks like i yeah you want to wear like a, a hat that is a wolf's head and like run around with a gigantic sword screaming that sounds and you get paid for it great like yeah. uh nice work if you can get it for sure um do you think like it feels like eggers is really um not like developing like a company or like a coterie of actors but it definitely seems like he's he brings back people he likes working with yeah for sure and he's got a good eye for the people who seem to know what you know like for the people he works best with for the Mm -hmm. people he's able to get the best out of and you know and take them to the next level of their acting i think i mean getting to see like willem dafoe like in what is essentially a cameo role Mm -hmm. um as the jester is just like he's the he's the perfect character for that role like i feel like if nothing else robert eggers he like knows how to cast movies where everybody you're like oh no like who else would it be yeah yeah he definitely has an eye for that so um ultimately like what did you think of the northman i think i'm just not the market for it per se maybe i need to watch it again and i probably should have but being that it is a little longer i just did not get a get time to watch it a second time um but you know these kind of period epics aren't necessarily my jam as far as that goes i was entertained i i loved the acting i loved some of the kind of weirder shit that was in it like the that one the part where there's like the the bright gold blonde blue-eyed 
horse riding that kind of I, I thought that was that was cool. That was a choice. That was something you might not see in other, you know, creative visions. How about you? Um, it's kind of fun at times, but it's also kind of a bummer at times. So I feel yeah. like it, it therefore it is a Robert Eggers movie uh, <laughs> where there are parts where you're just like you're having a lot of fun. And then there are other parts where you're just like just down there's so um, many horses falling over which is something i always hate in period movies but it does feel like the most mainstream thing he's done thus far like i mean yeah. like this is this is a movie that like i feel like you could show to anybody and they like your standard action fan would be like yeah it's a little talky but like the fight scenes slap mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure however like i definitely feel like um coming on the heels of the green knight like I feel like it's I was expecting weirder. Mm-hmm. Like I was like I figured I I I thought that's where like dark fantasy was going now, where yeah. it's just like you watch it and you feel like you've taken a bunch of mushrooms. Um, yeah. Like uh it's fun, but I mean it's long and I'm definitely I don't see myself like revisiting again. Like if Tanya mm-hmm. wants to watch it, I'll just be like, oh, you can watch it by yourself. Like I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on this one. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So you mentioned the Green Knight. We mentioned obviously the witch as something else you'd want to watch. Uh what else you got for something? Um, I one of my like speaking of movies that um are weird uh historical fantasies that are um inspired by uh taking a bunch of mushrooms, uh Ben Wheatley's uh, 2013 movie, A Field in England, um, which uh, involves a bunch of deserters from Cromwell's army, like trying to find a hidden, like a buried treasure. uh, And then they take a bunch of mushrooms and stuff gets real weird. Um, um, Like it's, it's that same sort of like costumey vibe where things don't like, I'm just a big fan of it. I think uh, if you, if you dig that kind of vibe, you'd like it. What else you got? My thoughts are like they're they're in vibe only, I guess, because they're not really similar to this movie. But while watching this movie, these are the other films that I thought about for various reasons. One being 2018's Apostle. Oh, it's so good. Uh, director uh, Gareth Evans. It starred Dan Stevens. It's set in 1905, so it's a different period, but it's got that same like one man on a mission at, at the peril of his own safety. You know, going to to finish something that was started and and it has and the, you know it's it's the same similar setting a similar vibe a similar i wouldn't want to smell it situation <laughs> so similar like there is magic and supernatural elements but they're not like the focus mm-hmm. yeah and and you're also like wondering are these things even really happening kind of yeah it's a yeah. the same feel and then the other one that I thought of was A Dark Song, which is an Irish movie. Um, I don't know if you've, have you seen that I, one? I've no, I have no idea what this is, so uh, sell me on it, please. Okay, so it's, let me pull it up so I can get the director's name correct. It was from 2016, and uh, director Liam Gavin. So this woman is, it's an, and it's modern, it's set in modern times. This woman is kind of trying to go through an occult ritual, a really dangerous ritual, that will grant her whatever she wants. You don't really know throughout the film exactly what she wants, but she's going through these occult rituals 
with this guy who's maybe not got the best intentions. Uh, and again, this is like a one person's quest to, to finish something, to get to something, regardless of how it might harm them. And it, it takes this weird turn at the end with, with some magic and some imagery that just kind of gave me the same feeling that I had in the Northman. So it's, you know, it's totally different. Like you're not going to have the, it's not a period piece. Everybody looks fairly clean most of the time. That sort of thing. <laughs> the, the questing is, is more mental than physical. It just made me feel that same vibe. Well, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely going to check that one out. Um, those are our recommendations. If you've got any, let us know. Yeah. So um, I'll be right back. Uh, what do you have uh, coming up this week? I'm assuming a lot more uh, Chattanooga. Yes, film I am fest to watch in the middle of Chattanooga Film Fest and feeling very behind trying to get through some more movies. I've already seen some really great stuff. Uh, you'll be able to see a review, uh, probably I think three reviews for me by the time this is up on modernhorrors.com. Um, yeah, other than living a horror movie every day of our lives. That's all I really have coming up is getting through some of those, some of those upcoming, hopefully things that I can tell you about that then you'll be able to see soon as well. And what about you? Um, when we were up in Omaha, we went to, uh, there's a bookstore uh, in Old Town, Omaha called Jackson Street Booksellers. It's like three storefronts. And it's uh, like, this is the first time we've been up there and actually had more than like 20 minutes to kick around. Uh, and I discovered in their uh, film section, both um, the book Mondo Macabro, um, which is like a history of like uh, international genre cinema from the 60s and 70s. Um, a lot of the films that appear in that book have also been put out by the Blu-ray label of the same name. Um, I've been trying to find a copy forever that wouldn't cost me a fortune and uh, got this for a decent price, as well as a book called Sleaze Creatures, um, which is uh, about like creepy, weird monster movies. Um, and so I'm looking forward to digging into those and probably ending up with like a s list of movies I need to find. Um but yeah, no, uh, I've only read like the first like 10 pages of Mondo Macabro. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to do other stuff. I just want to read this book because it's really fun. Nice. Cool. Well, in, a, in addition to all the ways that you can reach us, which we will tell you about in a minute, we have to remind you that we have stickers now and you can get one. And to do that, you will email us at carnagereport at gmail.com and we will give you an address to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, just like the good old days. And we will send you stickers in that envelope. And we got a great deal from Sticker Mule for these stickers. And um, I packaged up stickers to send to Julie so that she could have some and then went out of town and promptly forgot about it. And it sat on my <laughs> <laughs> kitchen table for three days. So. Uh, they well, went by in the, the mail, time... and you should have them by Monday or Tuesday. Yes. So by the time you hear this, I will have them. And if you see me in person 
if you can find me, I will give you some. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening to Carn Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage, and we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts, we would love to know. Um, what uh horror uh adjacent uh merch companies we should be checking out that we didn't talk about we'd love mm. to know what you thought about the northman we'd love to know what other movies that you think fall under that same vibe as the northman um so yeah please reach out say hey um if nothing else you get a free sticker out of it so yeah that's pretty sweet mm-hmm uh featured music in this episode is mystery uh mist on the moor gloom horizon and nightmare machine by kevin mcleod in available at incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 julie where can they find you on socials i am dark humor girl on twitter and instagram and you can find my writing at modernhorrors.com as well as downrightcreepy.com nick where can they find you i am on twitter at nuthousepunks i am on Instagram at Nick Laos Mouse. You can find my writing um, at Starburst Magazine. I've had a couple interviews, uh, notably with actress Denise Richards recently, um, as well as at The Pitch in Kansas City, where I'm a music editor um, and have done some other things. Uh, I believe I the most recent episode of The Pitch's Streetwise podcast, which is up now, was which was recorded at Boulevardia, uh, that I got roped into... Um, like playing uh, Andy Richter to Brock Wilbur's Conan O'Brien um, in brutal humidity and heat while also um, fairly tanked. So um, I'm looking forward to listening one. to it as much as uh, I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with our next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror and our featured presentation next time will be revealer from director luke boyce in which a stripper and a religious protester are trapped together in a peep show booth and must come together to survive the apocalypse i'm, I'm excited, so excited about to watch this. it's on shutter so give it a watch before listening to the next episode thank you all for listening uh we'll see you again in a couple weeks and uh Thanks to you too, Julie. This is fun as always. Yes. Thanks, Nick. And thanks everyone. And come, come interact with us on the socials. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.